This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Good morning. My name is Seth Studley. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today is day 69 of 100 days of AOM Q&A. And today we're going to talk about deconstruction follow-up. Uh, an emotional affair, and individual therapy versus couples counseling. If you're new here, welcome. We have 286 episodes about all sorts mm. of things, marriage and relationship related. We make this show because we uh, wanted resources that were heavy hitting, real, raw, and helpful mm-hmm. for marriage. And so we said, flip it. We'll just do it ourselves. We um, said flip it. We said flip it. So that's <laughs> what we're here for. Um, we are live every weekday morning on Facebook and Instagram at around 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you can mm-hmm. catch us there. Today we're late um, because we had a meeting to go yeah. to, but uh, that's that. And then also our show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get a free audiobook on us. That's right. I just finished reading The Explosive Child. I don't even know who the author is, um, but I read that on Audible. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that if you are a parent. Doesn't matter if you kid is explosive or not please read the explosive child you can get it at audible and use our promo code it's really good i'm about halfway through it and it's just mind-blowing as a therapist i know some family stuff but this is so relatable and so normalizing so definitely use the code for a free audiobook and check that book out every day we read a review of the day and we read your questions and answer them so we're gonna jump into our review okay five stars from joy george i think you're listening today good morning joy Uh, Five stars on Facebook. This review has been a long time coming. I've been listening for over a year, and every time I listen, I feel like I'm hearing words of encouragement from actual friends. Seth and Melanie are so genuine and authentic. They are so generous to offer couples free resources from their website, free advice via their podcast and private Facebook groups, and they freely give their time and energy to interact with their listeners through their live broadcast, and I've taken advantage of all of these things, and I feel like my marriage and also I as an individual have improved and grown as a result. Good. That is one of the goals. Seth and Melanie have a way about them that feels so approachable and down-to-earth that you wouldn't expect from a licensed marriage and family therapist and his wife. I highly recommend listening to every single episode of this podcast. It will inspire you and also motivate you to strive for a better marriage and relationship with your partner. Thank you for Joy. that review. What a review. Thank you so much. That is so helpful. <laughs> Air horn. And I hope that that encourages other people to listen, to yes. share with their friends, and to get on the AOM train. Yes, exactly. And you did say it feels like I'm hearing words of encouragement from actual friends. Side note. We are your actual friends. Mm-hmm. We are real friends in real life, even though we're not, but we are. That's right. One of my friends talks about like, oh, well, I interacted online with them and stuff. That's not real. Well, it is when you're with it, AOM. It is real. It is five points to Gryffindor. Right. Ah. Yes. Five points to Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah. Thank so. you so much for saying that. Yeah. And thank um, you again, Joy. That was an awesome review. Okay. Right. You want to read the f- first question there? 
I will give it a go. Go for it. My husband and I will be married seven years and we have a two-year-old daughter. We have never really been ourselves with each other. We either don't feel comfortable with our own emotions or we don't feel comfortable enough with the other in order to share them. He told me in May that he had an emotional affair with someone at a local shop, which he ended a year ago. He struggled. We struggled early on in marriage with my own uh, sort of pelvic issues and had trouble during sex. Um... We have been unequally yoked spiritually, which has placed a strain on how we deal with the issues that come up. I say all this to give a little background because lately, as all of the emotional weight has built up, we can recognize these issues but cannot come together on a resolution. He has told me he doesn't see how we can get to a better place. He doesn't think we are in love, which I would agree because we don't know how to emotionally connect. He feels hopeless. He is questioning his faith, and he often feels like it would be better if he ran away from the problems. Um, We are each seeing counselors individually for about one to two months now and plan to see a marriage counselor soon. He has told me he is afraid that marriage counseling will reveal that we can't work it out. I absolutely do not believe this and have so much hope now that we are both getting help. But after these kinds of conversations with him, I feel so much weight, like I'm the only one that believes in us and that it can be, wait, and that it can and will get better if we both work on it. I feel like he is not committed to us, to our marriage, to our or to our marriage in general. I know I can't control him or his beliefs, but it just feels, I feel so dejected at times, wondering how it will get better if he doesn't actually believe in it or that it can. How do I believe enough for the both of us? How can I encourage him when all I want to do is sleep until it's over? I'm a nine on the Enneagram and he is a five. Sleeping is my coping mechanism and I just want to shut down, hiding it all. I want to be able to give him hope and hope for myself at the same time. Any advice or encouragement? Thank you for sharing this question. That's really, this is really difficult on Mm -hmm. a lot of levels. So thank you for being brave enough to share it. Yeah. Number one. Okay. So I have a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, thank you. I want to normalize this struggle. People do have emotional affairs. They get overwhelmed. They want to cope by drinking or sleeping or running away from it, right? I think that's a big thing that a lot of people do. And this is really funny because I didn't read this question ahead of time, but it is exactly like one of the comments in the men's group about therapy versus individual and stuff. So you guys are both seeing your own individual therapist, right? That is good. However, I would highly recommend that you guys see a couples therapist. And also, if that couples therapist does individual stuff, that can really be helpful too. To really kind of call you out on your bullcrap. And then also state like, this session is for you. I know I see your husband too or your wife, but this session is for you. You and I, we're going to work on your stuff. And I have found as doing zillions of hours of couples therapy and individual therapy, and then also doing my own therapy that sometimes having like a person that you just go to, to like talk about your marriage stuff, that is absolutely not helpful. And Mm -hmm. I may not even recommend that as a couples therapist because it's like triangulation. (laughs) It can be triangulation. And also sometimes, and I'm not saying I'm the best therapist, but sometimes there are therapists out there who will side with you and be like, oh yeah, that that is bullcrap. I wouldn't put up with that or whatever. And then that can give you momentum to... Um, Gives you ammunition. Ammunition and allow all those negative things to not actually be worked on, mm-hmm. but to be like the therapist is joining with you on that. And like, yeah. well, you, you got to do boundaries and you got to do this, which of course sometimes is the case. But I've actually had therapists that have done that. I'm like, whoa, this isn't helpful. I've had clients who say... Yeah, my individual therapist is saying this and this and this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that absolutely doesn't seem very helpful. And then you get into other ethical issues within counseling and stuff like that. So here, I know that I'm I'm kind of like jumping straight to the therapeutic mm-hmm. thing that I think is the biggest thing. Like mm-hmm. aside from the emotional affair, aside from like being out of love, him wanting to run away, of course, that's his own individual stuff. But I would recommend that... <sighs> You guys go see a couple therap- couples therapist and unless you've really joined and you can unless you've really joined with that individual therapist and you guys have a clear rapport and you've talked about a lot of stuff and you believe it to be helpful and not harmful then stick with that individual therapist but if if it's any hint of like oh yeah well you should leave or you don't deserve that or XYZ, then I'll be like, okay, peace out. Mm-hmm. I'm going over to my couple's therapist. Yeah, we have um, a comment that says, me and my wife had that and it almost destroyed our marriage. Yeah. Yeah, the counselor siding with me thing. Mm-hmm. It is, so here's another thing that has to do with ethics in therapy. When we go to a therapist, 
we can agree that most of the time we are in a a very vulnerable state, right? We're emotionally raw. We're like, I've had it, I, you know, with my spouse or like how things are in my own life. So therapists actually do have the power and coercion to really kind of manipulate. Like mm-hmm. I know for a fact that a therapist can say, my own therapist can say something. I'll be like, yes, it's happened. True, right. Yeah. And then me, I have a lot of power in therapy right as as a therapist therapist. Mm -hmm. and that's not like a power trip it's like something we talk about in grad school it's like that power dynamic you have to be very judicious and very careful with what you say because your next words could be like Mm -hmm. you know the wife goes home and their dad goes home and goes i am out i am tired of your your bull crap and i'm setting up all these boundaries and i'm like whoa that's not the right choice right yeah so um that is a real thing somebody says avoiding therapy because it might reveal an irretrievable relationship is like avoiding a doctor uh, because they might find something wrong with you. Get it out in the open to fix it or get treatment. Otherwise, it will fester. No bueno. Yes, I agree with that. Like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to go to the therapist because I might figure out this stuff is actually sideways and crappy. Well, guess what? You're never going to fix it or never going to change it if you just try to avoid it, right? Exactly. If I have a cut on my arm, I don't want to go to the doctor because it might be infected. Mm -hmm. And if infected, then it's all this other stuff, right? So I've been talking for a minute. Tell me your perspective on some of the uh, things that she hit on. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, and this is going to sound weird, um, is you talk about like, we're not in love. He says that like, you don't know how you can work it out, whatever that those, those issues. Right. And the thing that I'm hearing is that we don't know how to be married. Hmm. Right. And I'm not saying, so actually at the very bottom of this, I wrote something. I wrote, what made you fall in love in the first place? Why did you want to get married? Mm-hmm. Go back to that. Let's start there. Let's just like retrace our steps and go back to our dating days and our engaged days. What were we so excited about then? Mm-hmm. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'll tell you why I'm starting there. So let's go all the way back. I remember when we were dating and mm-hmm. I was like, this is a totally adventure. Like mm-hmm. you're in a drummer, like you're a drummer in a band. You travel around with like seven of your best friends and you all have accents. You're from a different part of the world. Like everything about dating you was fun. Like mm. we went to New York together. We drove across the entire country and back together. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it was fun and new and exciting. And I knew that like you were sort of gung ho in it to win it, like ride or die type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But you were also really good and really kind. Your friends were good and kind. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's what I was excited about. Right. Mm hmm. So that's what I would invite you to to ask yourselves. That's where I want you to start. I don't want you to start with, is therapy going to help? Right. That's or, th- or focusing on what we don't have right now. Everything is blah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that that's the best place for you to start in this particular scenario. So that's why I think I want you to go back to what, what, what did you think back then? What were you excited about? What were your thoughts? Where was your heart? Where was your mind? Then... What I think happened, I don't think it's that you fell out of love or that you never in love in the first place. I think you don't know how to be married. I think you don't know what it's like to live every day with another person hmm. authentically in a raw way. You don't, you said, we don't know how to communicate. We can't come together on resolutions. That is not, we aren't in love uh, necessarily. There is a chance you're not in love. Yes. Let me just add something real quick because it's, it's cogent. Uh, we have never really been ourselves with each other. We don't. We either don't feel comfortable or with our own emotions, or we don't feel comfortable enough with the other mm-hmm. in order to share them. That and was that, that when you were dating, though, too, or just I, I, when I you're married. I think it's right now. But that makes me think that you aren't comfortable in those ways with or without your partner. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I'm like have a scatterbrain. Oh, I just, you know, it's because I'm married. My brain is scattered. No, my brain was scattered way before I even met you. Yeah. Right. So that's why. Okay. And you said you're going to individual therapy. That's what I would focus on in individual therapy. If you deem it uh, to be still beneficial, like Mm -hmm. why, what are your attachment styles? What are you afraid of? What are your anxieties? What are your fears? Um, what are you holding on to with closed hands and not letting go? There's this great, great quote. It's like the thing that we need to let, what is it? The things that, that we are holding on to the tightest are the things that we need to let go of. For. And or a different way to think of that is 
in the like deepest, darkest cave that you are the most afraid to go into is the answer to your problem, which sounds terrible. Which one is that from? I can't remember. It's like a Joseph Campbell. It's, I totally butchered it. But um, I think, and so we are actually, there's a whole thing we're not even addressing here is the emotional affair side of things. Mm-hmm. Emotional affair side of things. That's a product of everything else. Yeah. By the way. And, but I, I just think that there's a question that you're asking good questions, but they might not be the right ones Mm -hmm. for what's going on. I think there's something farther, deeper into it. Did you get married because someone told you to get married? Mm-hmm. That's a thing that happens. Did you Was get married because of because social of their... pressure, your church, yeah. your family, your in-laws, your like, I mean, there's a billion pe- reason why people get married that aren't love. So if that's where you started, that's another reason. Like go back to where you started. Why did you get married in the first place? Is it because you were so in love or was it because someone told you to? Let that's... me just ask you a question. What is like one sentence of why you decided to marry me? Fun. Fun? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a word. That's not a sentence. Didn't want a sentence. It's a sentence in my book. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but that's definitely not on the topic. Okay. I love you dearly, but let's stay on this topic. Uh, but I think it's really important to understand why you got married in the first place. Was it out of love? Was it out of joy, excitement, a future? Mm-hmm. Or was it out of duty? Was it out of fear? Was it out of social pressure? That will help answer a lot of your questions for what you go to counseling for. Um, and I want to say like, uh, I don't know what your husband does it say what your husband's response is for the emotional affair stuff. There's just tons of stuff here. He ended it himself a year ago. Um, and you're just not finding connection. So yeah, I, yeah, I go. say get your go. I agree with the first part of your statement saying, if you're going to mm-hmm. individual counseling, please see the same therapist individually and then do your marital counseling together with mm-hmm. that therapist. That's mm-hmm. what he means when that's what he, what he was saying earlier. Right. Don't see two separate therapists and then think that a third therapist is going to know what the crap is going on in your separate therapy lives. Mm-hmm. They're not. So it's wise to have it be one person, three different sessions, yours, mine, ours, mm-hmm. right? And approach it that way, if that makes sense. Some therapists may disagree with that, but... I do have a point just from experience. It can be helpful and sometimes it can't because then you come into the other ethical issues. Like I've never had this before, but I've come close. Like, okay, I'm seeing the individual as their own, the the woman as their own, you know, the woman or the man drops a bomb. I'm like, okay, this is confidential information. How can I hold on to this information in the couple? So that is, that does happen super hairy and it does happen. And someone says, but what if it is not out of love? Then what do you do? There's a lot of things to consider. There's a, there's about a million zillion ways to skin this cat is how I would say it. So it's a little bit about like they said, they have a two year old child. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you stay? I don't necessarily suggest staying in relationships just for children. That's a terrible um, if it's abusive or volatile. Yeah, or, or even mm-hmm. if it's... I mean, you are setting the... Pre- you are teaching your child how to love people in the future. Don't stay in a terrible marriage to show your child how to love someone mm-hmm. in a terrible mm-hmm. way. I'm also not saying go ahead and get divorced. I'm definitely not saying that. I think there's a there are literally millions of options of how couples can walk through this while honoring their the child they had together, mm-hmm. the relationship they had in the past. And, you know, I don't know. So I'm not saying one thing is best. In, in this whole paragraph, I think that you guys have, and you might get mad at me for saying this, but just as a cursory glance of like what, how, how you cope and how he copes, it's like you guys have done 1% of all this 99% solutions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And- you, you have so many more interventions and kick your own a work and hard work and dedication and growth mindset to do that you have not even come close to utilizing at least from this yeah and the way that i i wrote it in a note below that is that you in this scenario you're saying i don't know if i'm really in love with him or if we really feel like we're ourselves or whatever um you got to kind of figure that out first a little bit Mm -hmm. but then the second part is neither one of you have found sort of your strongest most uh yeah, I guess your strongest married self yet. Mm. It takes time. That it, takes time. It, I'm um, finding that for my own self right now. We've been married for 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. It takes time and it's a process. It's an evolution. And we shouldn't stop in the middle of that process and be like, it's not working. Mm-hmm. No, that's part of the process. The process is the content, right? Mm. The process of personal growth is your marriage. What? Did I say that right? The process is what matters in all Mm. of it, in life, in everything, right? So there is not an aha moment in which you would be like lightning beams of joy and angels sing when you go, we found ourselves. 
we're in love. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works, right? It's so, almost like you stumble upon it from doing the hard work mm-hmm. consistently and every single day. I'm preaching to myself again. It always happens. And then it's like... It's like growing a garden. You don't stand there like, and complain. Oh, I'm here. You can't complain about the garden and then expect for it to grow. You got to get your freaking hands dirty, you know? And I'm not, again, go, but start, don't start with your therapist. Start backwards with why you fell in love in the first place. Why are you together? Start there. I think it's really important. We have never, never stay for the kids. They will learn from that toxic environment. Yep. And that's really weird because church talks about that all the time. You like stay together, work it out, work it out, work it out. But like you are steeping your children Mm -hmm. in toxic relationship patterns if that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely not saying get divorced. It's great. Uh, but I'm also saying there's a lot more to it than what's I'm there. not sure. Somebody just joined. And if I, if it's the same person I think it is, this person's Instagram is like travels like a different Don't country worry about every it. single just day. Talk. It's awesome. Brad says, making big decisions in those feelings is hard because you're thinking with feelings, not your mind. Yep. On our yes. coaching call today, we were talking about like, F your feelings. Just do it. Just get it done. Have the list. But that's F those feelings in a particular, a very particular conversation. So not every, don't f all your feelings. Well, that's not yeah, what we mean. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Sorry. Thank you for that question, though. Hopefully, those answers are helpful to sort of finding the journey in mm-hmm. which you process this whole thing. Okay, so I'm going to read. I'm going to skip to the next question, and this is from the men's group. And one of our brothers says, "Is it a good idea for my wife and I to see separate therapists and work on ourselves before deciding to do counseling together?" By the way, we are not good. She wants out, and I had to fight tooth and nail for any kind of therapy. Okay, so this is this sounds like a different situation if both people or if one person is like, no, I am done. I want out, right? Mm-hmm. So couples counseling. Hmm. What are you doing? I'm thinking very earnestly about this. If, I have some thoughts. If you can talk her into going to a couple's therapist then I think that would be the best next step. And then... Let me tell you something before he goes on. Okay. And no one's going to like this, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway because there's no point in not saying this explicitly. Mm. Some people don't want to change. They don't give a crap about change. They don't want to do it. They're never going to do it. You can drag them to every therapist on God's green earth and they will never change because they do not want to. I've had clients like that before. Often, that is um, how we were brought up. Some of it is our biology, but most of it is our family of origin. If we were brought up in an environment where we did not have secure attached relationships, we don't know how to be with other people. Being with other people is harder than being drug addicted and on the street. Being with someone else is harder than sitting in a bar and drinking our days away into oblivion, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm not going to give you false hope and saying, just take them to a therapist. Just take her to a therapist. Mm -hmm. It'll be great. Some people will not be fixed in that way. Mm -hmm. So I want to be very clear in saying that there's a sort of a level of consciousness and awareness and like autonomy that you need to reach just because you got married, that does not mean that your partner knows how to cope with being in a relationship, period. It also does not mean that they are going to actually do the work to change. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not trying to take your hope away, but at some point we need to kind of like get down to brass tacks yeah, that's, and not pretend. That's part of it. And also, I don't know from this question if you've been a D-bag and she's like, these are the boundaries I'm setting. You blew it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That might be a thing too. But somebody says, and this is a good insight. My, hu- whoops, my husband started therapy without me and the therapist said it would be helpful if I joined. I wanted out and it was helpful to, to go yes. so the therapist could hear my side. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it says, yes, Mel. Some people refuse to change. Yeah. So this person is saying, um, yeah, my husband went because he knew that okay we need outside help and then maybe that influenced you to be like okay well sure i can take a look at this edit Mm -hmm. and now you said it's helpful that he went first and now you went and you guys are working on stuff maybe i don't know if you figured out okay we're getting divorced i'm not sure Mm -hmm. but yeah oftentimes that's how it goes um jimmy pollard says hey my dudes what's up jimmy (laughs) Jimmy. Uh, ivy (laughs) says exactly and yeah i've had individual cup you know a person come in seeking individual therapy and they talk a lot about their marriage problems i'll be like it's a good idea if your spouse will join us are Mm -hmm. they open to it yeah sometimes they're not okay if they're not they're not Mm -hmm. then we continue to talk about stuff yeah and if they are then we're like 
tell me your side of the story because I've went, I've been with this person. So, yeah, it helped me to speak my side of the story and we stayed married. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Your voice was heard. Mm-hmm. You got your grievances or issues out. And then, of course, if individual therapy is appropriate, then go for it. I'm obviously an advocate for both, but also understand the, the, the pitfalls that both can't both one without the other can. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Let me restate something. I think that this is just sort of codifying in my mind somehow. But mm. the thing that I'm thinking is that um, people who like, if you have a partner who is, will not go to therapy with you mm-hmm. or you have a partner who will not stop drinking or you have a partner who will not stop smoking weed five times a day, even though you've asked them for six years, right? There is something to be said about the imbalance of that partner and that imbalance will never lead to health. So I'm reading Aware by Dr. Dan Siegel, and mm. he talks about this concept of like integration is literally the pathway to health, no mm-hmm. matter what it is. Integration in your diet, your spiritual life, your balance of work and home and cleanliness and dirtiness of learning and like whatever, like balance is the key to health. If someone is saying, I will not let you have access to my cell phone boundaries, that's not balance. If it, they're saying, I will continue my emotional f- affair with my coworker, that is not balance. Mm-hmm. I will continue to drink as much as I want. Sucks to be you. That's not balance. Mm-hmm. And that will never accomplish the goal that you're setting out for, which is balance. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me just go a level deeper than that. Like, I think we all would know that yeah, if somebody says, I'm, I ain't stopping drinking. Sucks to be you. That's clearly the most unbalanced thing, right? That's obvious. But right? oftentimes partners try to say, if we just go to therapy, mm-hmm. then, it'll be balanced. then it'll be balanced. Well, hopefully in therapy, they can discover the uh, obviousness yeah. of their imbalance. But I haven't read Aware yet, but I'm reading other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then hearing you talk about Aware, I am literally saying, holy crap, I am more out of balance than I thought. Yes. We are more out of balance than we thought. Our home is more out of balance than we thought, right? As evidenced by electronics, like how much we work, how much we, you know, ignore the kids but are trying to do stuff, how much we argue with the kids and how it just doesn't feel right. That is out of balance. And like, it's a new, completely new understanding. And I haven't even read the book, so I'm super excited to actually, Mm -hmm. to be like, whoa, this has been crazy. All the while, I thought it was in balance. Well, I go work out. I yes. eat right. Um, I, I work and then turn off my phone at 8 p.m. Oh, it should be balance, right? Balance oh. is not modeled anywhere in our culture. Anywhere. Even from how women dress, balance is not modeled. Why do I need to shave my legs and spend hours on this stuff and thousands of dollars? That is not balance. It right. is not modeled in our culture. Mm-hmm. It is hippie culture. It's subsets of culture. It's made fun of all the time. It's not mo- modeled anywhere. Right. And it is the key to health of all types of health. Diet, your physical body, spiritual, like your emotional well-being, your spiritual connection to others. Mm-hmm. It is never modeled anywhere in popular culture. Mm-hmm. So we don't know how to do it. That's why we're getting emails from people saying, gosh, my marriage is so hard and I, you know, I'm just sexting someone. What? <laughs> and you're like, what do you mean? What? what? Why yeah. are you even going to therapy? Stop sexting people. Right. Maybe you'll find balance. But people don't know what balance looks like and they don't know how to find it because it's never been modeled. Ivy, Ivy says real talk. Hashtag it is real, real talk. talk. And that's another thing that's so cool about our own podcast is like we just have these conversations and share with you what like, oh crap, I thought it was in balance mm-hmm. and I'm a freaking therapist and we have a podcast and all this stuff. Yeah. I am relearning actually what balance is and I haven't even started to read the book yet. Yeah. And well, and here's the thing I want to say, and this is going to sound super weird. Just bear with me. You might get upset, but don't get upset. So Uh-oh. there's another element to this too, where truth bomb like coming. when we talk about this idea of some people are not really open to change or willing to change, some people will tell you that they want to change and will drag you along for years. Mm. Right. And it's an awareness thing. Like it's a, and, and I'm going to use you as an example. I knew okay? you were. So you've talked a very big game for a very long time about mm. we're going to do this. We're going to do payday. We're going to do this with our kids. We're going to go there. We're going to do blah, 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 blah. And usually the shiniest thing catches your attention and you'll go to that the longest but the other stuff always falls onto the wayside which Mm -hmm. 
whatever. I'm strong now. I don't care. I can mm-hmm. do it on my own. I can do it with or without your help. It's mm-hmm. better when you're there, but if you're not, whatever. Right. Um, and there is a point where I could say to Seth, your behavior, and this is not currently happening, but your behavior is actually damaging stuff. Like your mm-hmm. ADD, your desire to travel, you're not seeing the wake that you leave, the mess that you leave for everyone else to clean up, me mm-hmm. and the kids. Mm-hmm. Again, this is theoretical, but sort of based on a, your patterns. Right. Um, but at some point... I, as an individual, look at that and go, this might be better to do alone, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not saying we divorce. I'm not saying any of Mm -hmm. those things. But as an individual in a marriage, there's an autonomy that that I think is healthy when you can separate all of your like expectations of your partner and just kind of rip it apart. And honestly, what's doing that for us right now is our kids. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to raise our kids right now um, on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. And so if I can actually fully see my autonomy, fully see Seth's autonomy, him, him, him as himself, his choices as his own, me as myself, my choices as my own, Mm -hmm. and then where those choices overlap as a parent, how that overlaps in our home. But at some point I say, I actually do not accept Let's travel other places. Let's mm-hmm. get more things. Let's buy more stuff. Let's whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so there's um, an element to that where you can have autonomy within a marriage and still have deep love and affection for one another that is not unhealthy and imbalanced. Right. And uh, uh, what's that word? Co, uh, codependent. codependent. Mm-hmm. You can have independent love. Let me give you an, a great example that I think give our listeners might understand. It makes sense to me. So say that... Um, I am responsible or can do way better, like uh, chopping wood, right? Sure. I get the rounds, I split them, I stack them, I let them dry. And all the while, I've sa- I've been saying, hey, I need help with this. And you're like, okay, cool. Tuesday, we'll do it, right? Uh-huh. Maybe you help, but you don't stack it good. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, <clears throat> I make it so- harder. You sometimes get in the way or whatever. But for years and years and years, this is really an illustrative point. Mm-hmm. You were saying, okay, let's go get some more wood. I'm like, we have plenty of wood right now. I need to focus on this. And then you say, okay, well, I'll come down there and help you for an yeah. hour. And you don't. You sometimes do. You go through spurts of doing it really good. And it actually is helpful. I'm like, okay, this is good. Uh-huh. But more often than not, it's been like, just scoot over. And then I finally realized like, it's kind of sad. I'm sorry. Then I finally realized like I can do the wood myself and it's more efficient. It's better. And this is, this has a couple of, of implications, I guess. I discover that I can do it. Right. So there's, there's like, that gives me a freedom to really go and do it. Awesome. Which Mm -hmm. is great. And it essentially lets you go from doing it. So Mm -hmm. you're like, you don't have to promise me you're going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful for you. Yeah. So don't do that or anymore. Or you. Right. Yeah. Or me, right? Mm-hmm. And like on on one leg, that makes me really sad because I'm like, I about so cussed just now. It, it makes me sad because I'm like, You okay, wanted that partnership I there. I wanted that partnership there. So I have to change or accept it. I'm not willing to accept it, so my other choices change. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or you're willing to accept it forever. Some people are. Some people don't care enough that's to change. Not, I mean, that's not good I don't think it's good. That's not, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's not good enough for us, but it is good enough for loads of people. And so that's and, why. And sometimes that's appropriate too. Yeah. But like for me in my heart, I'm like, that absolutely is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, actually seeing that yeah well and i think in a way what i what the visual that comes to my mind when you're saying that is like in in marriage we often tie our uh we tie what we think please don't read that i can't focus when you do that we we will tie our partners um like like if i think you should do all the things that i do because i want you to be with me Mm mm-hmm then I am like chaining you to that thing Mm -hmm. and being like, but you have to do it. Cause if you don't, are we really married? Mm -hmm. Do we really love each other? Mm -hmm. Right. And there's a weird element of once you realize you don't have to chain your partner to your wishes and your desires and your strengths and your skill set or any of those things, it's sad. Also extraordinary, helpful, extraordinarily helpful. There's almost like a grieving part and maybe we're in that right now. Like our coaching call today was, very uncomfortable for me and I was like well I mean it wasn't like super uncomfortable but I was like what he's saying is exactly right okay mm-hmm. now and I then I see the discontent in you and then I was talking to myself I was like it's okay that she is discontent mm-hmm. it's like I don't have to do anything to mm-hmm. alleviate that or do anything I have to sit with it and really think about and be like okay 
do these things. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole list from our coaching call or whatever. But um, yeah. Yeah. But I also think it's really um, that that lesson, it even goes to the first question in here. Like your partner does not need to be chained to everything that you love and have your, your partner is not a carbon copy of you. Mm -hmm. Right. And for so long in so many relationships, that's what people fight about. Why Mm -hmm. aren't you a carbon copy of me? Mm -hmm. It is the opening sentence. I think of episode three in the podcast. Why don't, what is it? Dr. Claudia Graf ground says it like, why don't, why aren't you more like me or whatever? And it's uh, Mm -hmm. all about our differences and how we don't fully understand. Like we don't need to be, a smoothie we can be a fruit salad salad, and but the process of fruit salading sometimes feels uh (laughs) whoa you're gonna knock oh sorry sometimes feels um sad i guess so fruit salading you made a verb what's your thoughts on wanting to change but not knowing how to start are you ready (laughs) okay you ready for a fire hose because it's about to come (laughs) okay um ivy again says totally relatable so okay we're not I want to answer this question here on Instagram, and maybe we can come back to the deconstruction question tomorrow. Ah, oh, sure. Yeah, because that's a big one. I really we can spend a lot of time on that, that and I love the examples of uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, we can. So, okay, we're going to table that question. Then, Brad, we're going to answer yours. What are your thoughts on wanting to change but not knowing how to start? In session yesterday, I told a client, and I've heard this from a lot of people. Um, you just made a face. Ladies first, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. That's funny. It's like a dad joke. Um, and you skipped. Okay. So yes, I was in session yesterday. And it's this younger guy, and there's a ton of anxiety around. Like, oh, I need to do the perfect thing. What do I do? What do I do? And sometimes, more often than not, the actual key is doing anything, doing something, not analyzing to paralyze, which historically has been my downfall. And just getting up and doing it. Getting out of bed saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to put my shoes on and start going outside and running Mm -hmm. and walking. I don't know where I'm going, but I'll do it until I'm tired. Right? That is starting something. And then just like the debt snowball with Dave Ramsey stuff. Debt, D-E-B-T, not death. It sounded like he said death snowball. Debt snowball. You start with the smallest. And then after the smallest is done, guess what? You have momentum and that energy used the smallest now goes the second smallest and so forth and so on, right? So you have momentum. If you start something, so you want to change, you want to be debt free, where do I start? Where do I start? Just start somewhere. Like Brad right now, okay, after this podcast, write down three things that you want to be different. I don't care what they are. I want the part in my hair to be different. Okay, number one, whoop, you... That was a really funny sound. That was really good. That's uh, great. Um, okay. Oh, I did that. The part in my hair is different. Number two, go drink 12 ounces of water. Great. Did that. Number three, mm, what should I do? Read a chapter of a book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are obviously mega easy, but it gives you momentum and momentum upon momentum builds more momentum and force. Yes. And if I th- that makes sense. So, sorry, ladies, second. <laughs> I go back to what Dr. Dan Siegel said um, in season one. When I actually, I said something like, oh, I don't know. I didn't mean to ask you this question, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Like I was trying to like backpedal, not sticking to the script, I guess. And he goes, don't apologize. The process is the content. Mm -hmm. And at first I didn't understand what he meant. And then I heard it a bunch of times in editing season one. I heard it over and over and then it kept kind of popping up back into my head. And if I equate it to this, I'm not going to talk about getting thin and walking on a treadmill or running on a treadmill and actually get thin unless I get on the treadmill. So is, am I going to be thin the first day? No. What about the second day? No. Fourth, fifth, twelfth, thirtieth, fiftieth. It takes the process is what you're after. It's not the end result. And here's the reason that that's really hard. School teaches us the end result. Our educational system does not teach you the process of learning. It teaches you what the end goal should be. A job at a bank. It doesn't teach you how to think. No. And so and so anything that you do, literally make a list. Get a book. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash anatomy of marriage to get your free audiobook on us. Do any of those things. That, that is a, that's the right. process. And the process will create the content that you're looking for, the changed life, right? And But I mean, at a more practical level, I would suggest... Any book by Mel Robbins. Mm-hmm. Uh, kick A with Mel Robbins. Five Take control rule. of your life. Five Brad, second rule. Brad, the five second rule is huge. It's amazing. That's, that's, Get those that's really books. Good. You can anything from Dan Siegel. Those are really heady, like 
Uh, if you're not ready to deconstruct your entire world, don't read anything from Dan Siegel. Uh, anything from Wayne Dyer. Honestly, Wayne Dyer books are phenomenal. Same mm-hmm. thing. You have to be totally open to like the universe to read his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not like uh, you putting on a shoe. It's like building a city. It's totally different. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And as you were talking, you know, it's like that you said how school is like, oh, yeah, we'll just do crap cheat on tests do whatever mm-hmm. to get your diploma is oftentimes how our culture thinks about sex it's like everything okay oh, we think about everything get in the pants have an orgasm okay i'm serious that's all it's not about connection it's not about pleasure the process is the content it's not the end goal right. like in it yeah and it's very it's confusing it's counterintuitive because it's like literally not what we've ever learned yeah yeah um Ooh, okay good talk can we seriously awesome. do the deconstruction question please Hold on. Brad says, awesome. Thank you, because I freeze when I think about it. Okay. Ask yourself, why am I freezing here? What am I afraid of? Because when you freeze, it's fight, flight, amygdala. you're scared of something. Do something. it afraid. Do it afraid. Listen to Kyle Cease. Yeah, you're scared. Still do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> we just see the potential. Uh, yes, we want shortcuts for everything. That's, yeah. that's really true. Um, uh, no, we can't do the deconstruction. We'll do it tomorrow. The process is the content. Hashtag. The process. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You guys are um, rad. We have to do, we have to start the deconstruction conversation. I'm sorry, but if you want to jump off this live, go ahead. All and right. I'm going to be talking about okay. faith deconstruction. Yes. For faith the next deconstruction. 25 minutes. All right. Um, so we had a follow-up question from yesterday's episode. It said, and the person who talked about cross-cultural marriage and faith mm-hmm. deconstruction. And mm-hmm. so there was a follow-up thing. It says, the only thing I wanted to say about the response yesterday was that my husband and I have discussed a few times about my her faith deconstruction. He is the one who is struggling with it. I have told him numerous times that I don't want to change his beliefs. I'm not going to try to convince him otherwise. I'm okay with his beliefs and how he differs from mine. This is his walk with the... That's his walk with God and his faith. It doesn't bother me that his belief differs from mine. Let's see. New beliefs bother him. He mm. has said he doesn't know how our marriage is going to get through this. And he even mentioned last week that he he wished he had known before we were married that I thought that I thought these things. I told him that I didn't think these things seven years ago. All of this is new to me. I'm digging deep and I feel like I'm closer to God than I've ever been, but he is seriously concerned for me and worried about how this will affect our marriage. Like mm-hmm. you said, I do believe it's his culture and religion that are like this. He is the guy that's from India. Um, let's see. You believe that we, you believe what we were taught and raised in and don't, he doesn't, no, wait, hold on. In India, people do not question authority. The gov- that could be the government, teachers, parents, pastors, etc. They are right. Mm-hmm. They know all the answers. You don't question them. So I think my questioning everything I was taught in the church growing up is freaking him out. Mm. Honestly, I don't know what to do. I keep sending him podcasts about this sort of situation. I also know he's more likely to take someone else's uh, opinion than from me. So if I say it shouldn't bother you, it's my faith, it doesn't affect you really, he will get upset. But if someone else were to say that, he's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's quite a rant. We are currently looking for marriage counseling and also individually counseling. Um, But I think I might challenge him to also listen to season one at the same time and and to maybe go through the workbook together. Mm -hmm. Yes, for the workbook. Thank you again for your response in advance. So... I wanted to answer this question in detail. I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, And one of the things that I wanted to do, if you know me at all, I love to define words. Yep. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, Somebody says, Mel, I love you, (laughs) which is awesome. You guys are rad and love you guys. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Daydream. Yes, thank you. Ivy, super Um, nice. So in this, the uh, deconstruction is a noun, and it says a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language, which emphasizes the internal workings of language and conceptual systems, the relational quality of meaning, and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. That is what the definition of deconstruction is. Mm -hmm. And I've looked and thought about this quite extensively um, since she asked this question because I keep asking myself, why is deconstruction so scary? Mm -hmm. Seth and I were talking about this just on our own, this question. And I said, why do you think he's so afraid? And you said, well, it's scary. So why is it scary? Think about this. Think about you have a house and you grew up in that house, right? You know its walls, you know its rooms, you have memories everywhere. The carpet, you know where the floor creaks, everything. And then you either married or unmarried, something starts coming into the house and slowly taking away the things. Mm -hmm. That creak that was there that you, it's in your brain 
somebody remove that. I'll fix that for you. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the, the room that had, you know, that you grew up in with the crayon on the wall and all that stuff, they painted it. Yeah. Right. They took it apart board by board. There would be a grieving. There is a grieving process around that. And uh, it, right. Is your brain blowing talking. up? Am I so smart? Talking. <laughs> and so there also can be a trauma response there and a grief response and when when we have trauma and grief we then begin to question other things well was this house even something to be so tied to mm-hmm. you know what does it really mean you know and then that is a lot right mm-hmm. so when you grow up thinking okay i'm going to get married and me and my spouse are going to live in this awesome house yeah. that we know with the crayon all the creeks on the wall and the boards and, the, and all yeah. that stuff yeah oh no she came in and don't repaint it. <laughs> She's redoing everything in the house or he's redoing everything mm-hmm. in this house. Should I have invited her into this house? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Right? And then with the super strong cultural ties, mm-hmm. like I know what this dude is talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm obviously not East Indian. There's a lot of similarities there. Right? And there is intense pressure. Mm-hmm. And like in Indian country, in Native American Native culture, it's like I had a client that married outside of her tribe, and you know what the tribe does? Mm. Literally banished her because she didn't marry within the thing. So what what kind of trauma is that, right? This is current? Yes. Wow. She's out. That's crazy. Right? And so, I mean, this stuff really, really, really runs deep. So to this listener, I would say that be very careful and be very judicious around things when you say, it shouldn't bother you. It's my faith. It doesn't affect you, right? Mm-hmm. That would be akin to, you know, if say we had $100,000 extra in the bank, right? And we worked for that and we both knew that. And it was, you know, and Melanie said, well, I'm taking my cut of it. I'm like, I'm going to buy a Tesla. Whew, good idea. Um, well, wait a minute. We were earmarking that for our future, for our kids' college, mm-hmm. for our house. Well, it's but it's my money to start out with, so it shouldn't affect you. It does. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. So I want you to do some thinking, and I'm not calling you out on this. I'm You're obviously doing the right thing by seeking therapy and other advice. I want you to think about that in a different way, right? And understand the possible grief, the the possible trauma. I'm not saying like, oh, you're not, you lost the faith. Oh, I can't even do anything. I'm not saying that anymore. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that he's saying that. But it is a very, very important, you know. And then, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, you can say what you're going to say. I just need you to stop saying so much. Right, go. Um, there, the thing that came to my head when Seth was talking about his faith being like a home he grew up in oh, is yeah. that so. And here's there's like multiple layers to this concept. It's so trippy, and I absolutely love it. Mm. But um, I think for many people in different stages of life, faith is what is holding them together. The faith of the church. I mean, like we mm-hmm. went to Mars Hill. It was as if those walls of that building were holding us together for a time. Mm-hmm. Some people don't think or want to grow past that. They, like imagine literally like uh, the Christian faith is like you've got strings attached to your arms and your wrists so that you literally not don't only, fall apart. Not only the Christian faith. I mean, I'm just talking about, I just meant in our mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. Um in our particular story, like for mm-hmm. a while, as we matured as an individual, our faith was the thing that was literally like holding all of our pieces together. It was the thing that we fell back to all the time. It was the thing we looked to for guidance. It was a framework that really worked well. For yes. Us and so for in a way that like it's the kind the house concept, like the house is holding our family together. It held you as a child. It holds you in. Right. And then at some people have a, a desire to move beyond that faster than other people. So your desire, it's not that I think your husband will never change his beliefs or won't grow in them. He's just not there right now. Mm -hmm. And you're asking him to cut his strings and be self-managed and self, um, like self contained before he's ready. Mm -hmm. You're cutting the umbilical cord before he's ready to breathe his own air. He's just not, I mean, again, he's, he might not ever get to where you're at and that doesn't matter though. Yeah. Like it, it really it, it, doesn't even matter. It's not like that's a deficit thing. No, either. not at all. No, no. Right. And, but I think that that's the thing that I was thinking is like the house, 
the strings of faith are literally holding him together right now. And that's awesome. Like, at least it's a good thing. Let it be a good thing. But don't require that he cuts away from him the thing that is like literally wrapping him and holding him right now, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So sending him podcasts to be like, see, just look, growth, change, growth is not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in our own marriage, have never done that with Seth. because, Well, there are some things that I'll share with him, but like, years and years ago i was listening to like deepak chopra while you were making fun of him mm-hmm. and i was like i think he's red like and he sounds amazing uh like and so there were things i actually wouldn't share with seth for the sole fact that i knew it would it would cut the strings before he was ready mm. it wouldn't it'd be like a parent saying okay you're gonna walk now as a baby do it on your own like it's it's not helpful mm-hmm. right um And if you're not as an individual, like really strong in that and can see everyone's journey is different. The time in which they walk as a kid is different. The time at which they learn math and how to drive and um, all of these different things does not happen at the same pace that it happens for you. Um, And requiring like shoving the math book over and over into someone's face being like, do algebra, do algebra Mm -hmm. is not going to make them get there. Mm -hmm. It's only going to freak them out. Like, why won't you let me be where I'm at? Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't know. I have so many thoughts about it. But it, but the one thing I really did want to say is that deconstruction freaks people out because like Seth said, someone's coming in and changing what they know. They're changing what they know. Um, and that doesn't mean that they won't eventually get to being like, oh, I'm tired of the paint on the wall. I want it to be a different color. But forcing them to get there is very, very hard. Kenan says, science Mike, uh, yeah, Mike McCard, on who was show. on the show, season one, has some good material on deconstructing and physiological effects. Yes. And... Um, that makes me think of the physiological effects of things like this, like intense emotional things have a clear and palpable effect on our bodies. Oh, yeah. Like when Carla in one of our seasons was talking about divorce. Oh, yeah. Like the actual physical she felt like she pain would, yeah, yeah. Of, of divorce. And then like on a cellular and like atomic and spiritual level, it's all science behind it. And it is like amazing. And that's what a lot a lot of Aware, the Dan Siegel book, is about the science behind this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, check out Science Mike's book. I don't, Allison I the Great read. just joined. I like your tag. That's good. <laughs> that is uh, Ivy, Ivy says, the knot holding the rope together. That's cool. I've never heard that before, but that is really good. Yeah. It's like, you know, what we're holding on to is the tightest is what we need to let go of. So the mm-hmm. knot that holds the rope together, if that knot unties, we fall. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's that's intense. Yeah, like that and one. it really is. It's like you're coming into his space, his mm. religious space, and saying, I want to paint the walls. I want to, oh, you have a temple? I want to change it. And you don't need to do that. So he will come to this process on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what I would say is honor your differences and promote your linkages. Dr. Dan Siegel says that in season one. You said you're going through season one. Mm-hmm. So like really feel and resonate deeply with that concept of honor where you're different. If he's in the temple still, but you want to be out in a field, honor that difference and then promote the ways that you can link together through your differences without being bitter about them, without trying to change your partner. You do not need to change your partner. Right? Does that make sense mm-hmm. when I say it like that? Mm-hmm. But I just, I really wanted to talk about that deconstruction question. So it was, it just really, um, it was awesome. And I was excited about it. Yeah. So thank you for Good conversation. letting me talk. Okay. Longer. Thanks for holding it together, guys. And we welcome you to join us every single day on Instagram and Facebook Live. Send in your questions. If you have any questions whatsoever, email at us, email us straight at hello at anatomyofmarriage.com. And also, we're going to plug the AOM group therapy. Guess what? This is going to be kicking off soon. And it is going to be a paid group. And what we pay for, we value. So much more, right? And it's going to be intense. You're going to grow. We're going to grow. And we're going to normalize stuff and help each other out we're working out the details of that we'll get it out to you soon but Mm -hmm. um also if you like this show and it's helpful to you please um rate and review it on itunes it's very very helpful to us when you send in the ratings and the reviews it lets people know if it's worth listening to our show and it helps spread the word about our show Mm -hmm. another thing you can do is to spread the word about our show share it with people share it on your facebook page link out to episodes that you found really beneficial Mm -hmm. that would be incredibly helpful to us it's hard Mm -hmm. to do all of this and then promote the show like we don't have that skill set so tag people on instagram too and if you're a promoter reach out to us help us the freak out (laughs) Help Don't us help us to freak, freak out. out. Anyway. Thank you, um, Ivy. Uh, somebody says, you have to remember that you married your partner as is. You can't change who they are after you married them. Yep. Totes. And everybody in the world thinks they can. But guess what, people? You can't. That's so right. So don't even try. Uh, thank you again for joining us. This is awesome. We love y'all. 
and we are excited for you to have a great day. That's right. Nessa, catch us next time Quit tomorrow morning. Stuff. Uh, All right. You guys rock. Thank you. All, All right. right. I'm going to say All bye. Right. Bye. bye guys.